Welcome to Nationwide Market Insights for August 8th, 2022. This month's employment report provided some very strong numbers, which casts more doubt on recessionary concerns today. But how long can this continue? Could the slowing economy have an impact on future job gains? How could a strong job market accelerate the Fed's plan to tighten monetary policy? Nationwide's chief economist, David Burson, and senior economist, Ben Ayers, take a closer look at the tight labor market and how it reflects on the overall health of the economy. And now, here's David Burson. Hi, everyone. Lots of big data last week, uh, particularly the, the employment report, which Economists view as the, the biggest economic data that, that come out every month. Uh, some pretty good numbers. I'm joined here with uh, senior economist Ben Ayers. Ben, uh, let's let's start first with the payroll survey. Two surveys that are done, they, they come out together. Uh, what what were the big things coming out of the uh, payroll survey? Well, very strong job growth. A surprise to the upside for job gains in July. We got over a half million jobs added for the month. You know, consensus expectations were expecting about half of that. So, you know, the beat remains very strong for the labor market and particularly on the hiring front. Uh, another key headline there, the economy has surpassed the prior peak for total job growth, total job employment compared to the pre-recession peak. So very strong recovery over the past couple of years, and that continues into the middle stages of 2022. You know, in particular, very broad-based. There are good job gains across a lot of sectors. I mean, think construction, manufacturing, but particularly leisure and hospitality as that sector continues to bounce back and really across the board, very good numbers for both the economy and both for households. What, what does this mean for um, wages? What happened with average hourly earnings and how does that fit in with, with other measure, other measures of wages such as employment cost index theory, the Atlanta Fed wage tracker? Well, wages continue to accelerate. Uh, we saw very good growth again for average hourly earnings moving above 5%. Uh, and that really you know, jives with what we're seeing with a lot of other wage price measures that particularly we're seeing a very strong increase in the cost of labor across the economy. Um, in particular, when you break that apart, certain sectors, you think of, you know, leisure, hospitality, healthcare, some of those sectors where they're having trouble finding workers, it's that supply demand imbalance that we've been talking about for a long time within the labor market and particularly focused on a few of those sectors where wage gains are even stronger than the overall numbers. Um, some sectors, seven, eight, nine percent, um, and that's very good for consumers, uh, not as great for businesses as they try to make ends meet, um, but certainly helping to offset the increase in costs for many households and continuing to push the economy forward at a pretty solid pace. Now, the other survey that's done, the household survey, is, is smaller, but no less important. Um, but because it's smaller, often economists don't pay it quite as much attention as the payroll survey. But there was more good news there, right? Yeah, it was a little more mixed. Um, you know, the unemployment rate did drop to 3.5 percent. Um, it had been hovering at that 3.6% level for a few months, and so it did finally drop down to 3.5%, um, which matches the low that we've had for the unemployment rate over the past 50 years. So a very good number from an unemployment perspective. You know, the further you dive into the details, it's a little more mixed. 
Um, household employment, as measured by that survey, has stagnated over the past couple months. It's been relatively flat since February, so kind of in, in difference to what we're seeing with the, the payroll survey. And particularly the labor supply side continues to not see much improvement. We saw another dip in labor force participation rate down to 62.1%. Per, 62 um, that was the lowest level we've had in quite some time. Um, so not seeing much improvement in the 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 supply of workers, uh, and that's another reason why we're seeing those wages go up is because we're just not seeing much improvement there, uh, and that imbalance continues within the labor market. You know, it, it is a bit disconcerting that um, the, the labor force has actually edged lower um, over the last several months. Um, you'd like to see it, particularly with the job market as strong as it is, jobs so plentiful, wages moving up, you'd like to see labor force increasing with more people coming out of retirement or just not in the labor force getting all the jobs that, that are that are really open right now uh, not happening at this point um there's one other interesting number i think with the uh household survey and that's the the broader measure of the unemployment rate um the you know there there are six measures of the unemployment rate u1 through u6 and, and typically we look at the u3 um, which looks at those unemployed, but you have to be, to be unemployed, you have to be not working and looking for a job. But the broadest measure, the U6 measure, are, is the same as the U3 plus. It includes um, people who are marginally attached to the, to the workforce. And those are people who tell the, the survey folks from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, now I'm not looking for a job right now, but I would if I thought I could get a job. And then people who are I'm employed just part time. And, you know, they say I, I would like to work full time, can't find a full time job. So I'm just working part time. So it's a much broader measure. You know, by definition, it has to be has to have a higher number than, than the U3. Uh, it was unchanged, but it's unchanged 6.7 percent, which is the lowest that that survey has that, that measure has ever been. Now, they don't only go back to 1994. It's still 94. Now we're talking, you know, a fairly long time not nearly as long as the U3. But I think both measures of unemployment are telling us that the labor market is pretty tight right now. Yeah, I would agree, David. You know, the question I have for you is I, I look at some other labor market measures that we have out there. You know, we've seen initial jobless claims, the four-week moving average in that has moved up pretty substantially over the past two months. And you've seen a rolling over in total number of job openings. How do we juxtapose you know, some of those slight, slightly weaker numbers that we're seeing in other labor market data with the numbers that we got from July for the jobs report? You know, that's, that's a really interesting question. They're all taken from different surveys. And, and there's always errors in, in any survey. And sometimes in a month, you get a bigger number when it shouldn't be or a smaller number when it shouldn't be. But because they're different surveys, they don't always move the same way on a month-to-month -month basis. And what, what's most interesting here is the uh, continued increase in payrolls. And again, the jump that we had in August, while at the same time, working unemployment claims are edging higher. Now, unemployment claims are still very low. You know, is, is the key here what's happening with the change up or the level still low? I think what we're seeing is that there are a few more companies who are laying workers off hence the increase in weekly unemployment claims. But I think those workers are finding jobs very quickly, perhaps immediately. So 
the the impact on unemployment is negligible. Uh, the impact on job gains is well, now there are more people to to fill roles. So it in fact part of the reason why the employment gains might be higher is that there are now a few more people who are available and they were snapped up be before they could be captured as being unemployed. So that that's a plausible reason why some of these things are moving in, in slightly different directions. But again, the weekly claims, while they are going higher and that's the wrong direction, you want them to go lower, they're still very low historically. Now, if you look at what's called the JOLTS, the Job Opening and Labor Turnover Survey, um, which came out the uh, week before the, uh, the employment numbers did, um, it's also lagged by a month. So the data there were, uh, were not for July, they were for June. And it did show that the number of job openings has gone down a bit. It's still historically very high, uh, but not as high as it was. So firms are not looking, they don't have as many openings. Having said that, they still can't find workers. Um, if you lo look at the number of unemployed taken from the household survey relative to the number of job openings from the jolts, uh, it's still about one and a half job openings for every unemployed worker. Now that's down from almost two just a few months ago. So it, it, it shows the labor market maybe isn't quite as strong, but still that is an abnormally high ratio. And it shows that um, there are lots of jobs out there uh, for people who are unemployed or people not in the labor force. If, if they're interested in getting jobs, jobs are out there. Yeah, I think there are some places where you're seeing cutbacks and, and, and some layoffs, but I think you're right. They're getting jobs pretty quickly, given the other measures that tell us how tight the labor market is. You know, you, you mentioned that still one and a half ratio of the, the job openings to, to unemployed. You know, many people were expecting in July that we would start to see a cutback in jobs. That didn't happen. Um, but what's our outlook for the rest of the year? Obviously, it doesn't seem like we can maintain this very strong job growth rate. But what do you see for the rest of the year for job growth? Well, you know, if you if you look at these the surveys uh, of economists and, and financial analysts for the economic indicators, and you look at the survey last week for employment, uh, there, there weren't many looking for half a million for for July. So I'm hesitant to to say that that pace can't continue. But I don't think that pace can continue. You know, we're just going to run out of workers, and to some extent, we we are already. Um, so there's no reason to expect job growth to slow dramatically and certainly no reason to expect job growth to go negative. And I think that that the uh, the payroll numbers for July plus upward revisions to May and June um, certainly suggest that the economy is not in recession in the second quarter, despite a, a, a second consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. You can't have a recession with half a million people being hired and nearly 400,000 in the, in the previous two months. It's not a recession. But given that we're now above the previous peak in employment, given that overall economic growth is slower than it was, certainly that that's shown in the GDP numbers, it's hard to believe that employment growth can stay at this pace. So I expect employment growth to slow. But as the July number numbers showed, perhaps they won't slow as quickly as we thought, or you know, July could have been a one-off 
and maybe when we get the August numbers, it will offset it and it'll, it'll be much weaker than we thought. But the trend between now and the end of the year, I think will be slower, but still meaningfully positive job gains. Yeah, I, I agree completely that they will slow, but you know, we're not going to expect a big drop off as we've seen some analysts prospect. Um, you know, David, when we're looking out, you know, one of the big wild cards here is, you know, does this impact the Fed? Um, you know, unemployment rate down to the lowest level in 50 years. That certainly seems to um, suggest that the economy is at or near full employment um, and, and certainly obviously keeping a very close eye on inflation. But the, the pace of job growth is a key factor here as well. You know, more data to get until the, the Fed meets again in, in mid to late September. But what impact do you think this jobs report will have on Fed actions over the rest of the year? You know, if this were the the only number we saw before the next Federal Open Market Committee meeting, the Fed would, would certainly tighten by a lot. 75 basis points, maybe 100 basis points. Um, the, the, the thought prior to the numbers coming out last Friday were the Fed would probably still tighten by a meaningful 50 basis points, half a percentage point. But the strong gains have increased the market's expectations of three quarters of a percentage point, a 75 basis point hike in rates. Now, there's, as, you, as you said, there's still lots of data to go. We get another CPI reading this week. We'll get another one um, before the FOMC meets um, in, in later September. Um, we'll get more employment numbers between now and then. And it could be that perhaps CPI shows some cooling. And we know it's gonna be slower because energy prices are lower. But maybe the core inflation will be down as well. I don't think so, but it could be. And it may be that the employment numbers look a bit weaker by the time the Fed meets next. So it's not a slam dunk that the Fed goes 75 basis points. It's certainly not a slam dunk. The Fed goes 100. But if inflation, even if it's slowing, stays meaningfully high, and if the job numbers stay strong, even if not quite as strong as July, I think that the odds that the Fed goes up by 75 basis points increases. And what that suggests is that the entire yield curve at that point could invert. And that's a pretty good leading indicator of a recession in 2023. So I, I think we're going to have to end it there. We're about out of time for today. I hate to leave it on a bad note with the potential for a uh, recessionary indication uh, for 2023 with the, with the yield curve. But but things are moving that way. So the employment numbers were good. It certainly suggests no recession now, but it might suggest a greater chance of recession next year if the Fed responds and continues to respond by hiking interest rates a lot. So Ben, thank you very much. And I'd like to thank our audience for listening to us today. Provided by Nationwide Economics is general in nature and not intended as investment or economic advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any security or adopt any investment strategy. Additionally, it does not take into account any specific investment objectives, tax, or financial condition, or particular needs of any specific person. The economic and market forecasts reflect our opinion as of the date of this report and are subject to change without notice. These forecasts show a broad range of possible outcomes. Because they are subject to high levels of uncertainty, they will not reflect actual performance. We obtain certain information from sources deemed reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or fairness. Nationwide and the Nationwide N and Eagle are service marks of the Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company. Copyright 2022. Nationwide.